welcome to the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. I'm delighted to be chatting with a certified personal trainer, an a certified fitness nutrition specialist, and a certified brain health trainer through a functional aging institute. He has a black belt in karate and has practiced yoga for almost a decade. He holds an MA from American University in Washington, D.C., and had recently been accepted to a second grad school to become a licensed therapist. Today, we'll be chatting about depression, and I'd like to have a very warm welcome to our podcast guest for today, Zach Rutledge. A very good, I'm going to say morning to you or afternoon to you, Zach. How are you getting on? <laughs> Doing well. Thank you so, so much for having me. No, not at all. I mean, look, I'm going through your intro there. I mean, where do you ever get time to get anything else, to do anything else? I mean, you have so much going on. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm going to blow your mind in a second. I'm actually, uh, I'm shooting a full length film in a couple months and, um, I'm getting married in October, so there's a lot going on right oh now. And I'm word. actually just finishing up. I'm going to become a, a, a yoga teacher. I'm finishing that up in a, uh, two months. So, yeah, there's a lot going on right now. Oh, my word. Okay, so we'll just start this off as we always do. Uh, where are you on planet Earth right now, and how is the weather? Oh, we are very lucky. I'm in New Jersey right now, and we have beautiful weather finally. Where uh, For anyone who doesn't know, New Jersey is just outside of uh, New York. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so we're having great weather. Finally, we had some pretty crummy weather throughout the, the spring. So, yeah, loving it. So I gave you a brief introduction about your background. We know you have pretty much no time in your life to do anything else. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what goes on or what, what about your background? Sure. Well, I guess it would help if I start with, I guess, go chronologically. Um, so as a kid, I had a pretty normal, quote unquote, normal childhood. Everything was pretty stable. Uh, definitely dealt with some chemical issues, like as far as depression. Um, but I didn't know it at the time. I just, I didn't have the insight, you know, when you're, when you're 10 years old, it's tough to have the insight. Um, so in my, well, I guess preteens, I got into karate and that was the first like developmental thing I really got into. I was playing like sports here and there, but I got into karate and that's what really changed my life. That was the first thing that had a really profound impact on me. And I did that until I was about 18 when the, um, when the karate school closed and I, I got up to black belt. Um, and what I learned there, I would say, you know, I learned a lot of things there that were really important, but one of the, the more helpful things that I carried with me up to this day is, um, the, the meditation aspect, like the working in, so, uh, cause that was just like a, a pretty radical thing for a 14 year old to be doing. Um, I didn't know anyone else doing that stuff at the time. And, um, that was a, that was a big deal. And I just fell in love with, with, you know, not necessarily moving up the ranks, but just like the process of doing things. So I was, I was playing instruments, doing a lot of karate. Um, and I guess where the story gets more interesting in, in relation to, you know, our topic in the book is um, when I was 18, my best friend was killed. So it was the summer after high school and it was kind of like that perfect storm, so to speak, where a lot of times people in their late teens, early twenties, anything that's kind of working under the surface, as far as like brain chemistry goes, a lot of things kind of tend to pop up. Uh, not everyone, but tends to work that way where that's where, you know, OCD or, or even addiction issues tend to kind of rear their ugly heads. It was at the same time my best friend was killed. And it was also at the same time, you know, all of my friends moved away to, to college or university. And 
there I was. I was stuck in my hometown by myself. No one was around. This was pre-social um, media. It was even pre-texting like texting and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and that was it. And, th- and that was when I hit that rock bottom that it really, really got difficult and the real hard work began. So, so was that like Zach? Was was your your best friend being killed? Was like, do you think that was like a trigger event? I know you mentioned there that your friends had gone away, and it was pre-social media and kind of pre-texting that we're kind of used to now. But do you think that was probably the the start? Yeah. Well, see, I didn't have the insight at the time where it was the combination of the. It was absolutely. It was him being killed. Was like the catalyst. You know when. It, you know, three years later when I was still in that deep depression and I was still saying it was from that accident and I, and I, he was killed in a car accident and I wasn't making any progress at all. I think at that point it was more of a, of a chemical imbalance. And I just hadn't recognized it at that point. I think not, I think depression is a very complex thing and yes, it can be a circumstantial thing and yes, it can be a, a, a traumatic incident. Yes, it can be chemical. Yes, it can be brain injury. Yes, it can be, a, believe it or not, a, gush, a gut issue where a lot of people are actually um, giving people with depression um, probiotics because you actually create more serotonin in your gut than you do in your brain. So it, it, was, it was after you know, years and years of studying this where I was like, you know, if I am going to tell people about this, because I did have people reaching out to me for help after they had learned my story and, and how I kind of bounced back after years and years, uh, I wanted to do something that that came at it from a, you know, a, a multifaceted, like very, um, from a lot of different dimensions. I call it the D-Day approach, right? So I, I come at it not just from, you know, nutrition and fitness, but from, you know, the therapy angle, and in some instances, the medication angle. So it's really coming at it from everything, because I, I, I don't think there's a silver bullet there. I, I don't think I think it's a very rare instance where we can give somebody one solution, and then snap our fingers and their depression is gone. I, I think it's just too complex for that. Can I ask, Zach, you mentioned there's serotonin. So for, for people that, know, that don't know what serotonin is, what, what is that? Or how it's does it help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's essentially one of your, your feel-good chemicals in your brain. It's one of the things that gives you pleasure. Now, here's a good example of, of how medication works, okay, if one of the medications work. So let's just say you're on an SSRI, which is one of the very popular ones. That's called, it stands for Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitor. So, and I'll, I'll break this down. So let's say you're out playing football, you score a goal, you create this serotonin in your brain, and then eventually the reuptake, right, the R, uh, it sucks that serotonin back in. So you're not feeling that euphoria anymore, right? right? Like you score the goal and you feel yeah. really great for a while, but you're not feeling it for a week, right? Yeah. So what happens is with a lot of people is they just don't make enough serotonin in their in their brain. They just don't have enough in their system. So the, the reuptake inhibitor, it stops that reuptake um, from working like as quickly. So you, you end up with more serotonin in your system. So you're not, you know, absorbing it back in and putting it away too quickly. So that's how that works. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are other chemicals as well. There's endorphins and dopamine, things like that, but serotonin is one of the, the big players. Yeah. And can you get like, is it a supplement? 
to help it as a natural way? Well, you can't buy like a serotonin pill and eat it and be good. Right. Um, <laughs> that's essentially what these SSRIs are for. There's also an SNRI, which is really good for people with like chronic pain issues, which is actually what I'm on an SNRI, which was my, uh, my last step in my, um, in my journey. Um, because it, it fit for me. I, I don't talk about it much because it's not real pertinent, but I, I do have a chronic pain issue in my arm and the SNR, I actually help that go away. Real common for like um, uh, people with fibromyalgia. I apologize, right. fibromyalgia. Yeah, yeah, because I just have like a, like a muscular issue, like, like a, an injury in my neck from, from doing crazy things. Uh, right. So um, <laughs> That's a karate, is it? Or too, no, much, no. too much partying, is it or something? <laughs> no, no. You know, we never figured out what it was, but I've always been a real active guy. Like, you know, they, they figured it could have been from snowboarding. It could have been, they don't know. I mean, and, and they were, they, it's funny. They got the doctors, when I say they, I mean, the doctors, they got obsessed on finding like what the injury came from. But then I, I was eventually like, does it really matter what it, where it came from? Let's just fix it. <laughs> you know, and they're like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It's not going to change anything. It's not going to change the treatment. Luckily, you know, I, I found this drug that really helped. Um, you know, along with stretches and things like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you, you can't take the ser a serotonin pill, like I said, but there are things like there are concepts out there. I, you know, I had said about the gut issue and there's the, um, the probiotics for the gut, but there, there are things like a lot of times people, they theorize that, that depression can be, a, um, an inflammation issue. So that's why, you know, if you get the book, I have a, actually a section on supplements. And of course, I always recommend talking to your doctor beforehand, but things like turmeric um, can really bring down your inflammation or, or even um, I have a section on diet and, you know, this, this whole anti-inflammatory diet can really, really help. So um, I guess, again, that's why I call it the D-Day approach, right? We come at, from, come at it from a lot of different angles. What then, we'll talk about the book later on, but what about the the uh, I mean, can you explain generally the signs and symptoms of depression, or is it specific to every individual? I mean, is it easy to spot somebody who's depressed, or can no. they be just like down or upset? Well, depression isn't sad, it's something very different. However, explaining exactly what that very different is is hard because everyone's different, and also, uh everyone can move through, I call them in the book, different flavors. So I had these deep pits of despair, um, but I also, I also was dysthymic before that. So dysthymic, dysthymia is like um, a low-grade depression that you kind of always feel. And then when it's something traumatic happens, you dip down low and it's, it's just harder for you to kind of pull out of it. So there are different flavors of depression, right? So it's, it's hard to say. I think like the, the clinical, like roughly agreed upon term is like a deep sadness that lasts longer than two weeks. I mean, that's very incomplete, but, but a lot of the time when we're talking about things that pertain to the mind, you know, we can only create a rough sketch because it's not like a concrete thing, right? These are yeah. feelings we're talking about. So it's not like, Oh, that's a fractured arm. And it's a very clear thing. There's, you know, there's, we know what a broken bone looks like. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the depression is a little harder to to um describe in like concrete terms um however if you wonder if you have it that's a pretty good sign that you have it or at least one of the flavors yeah right and what about i mean the, the, i've had uh, two conversations with friends and so that they've mentioned sometimes that 
they've they've had like a fogging of the brain or they found it difficult getting out of bed in the morning or they just lack of interest are, are they possible signs and symptoms as well of of depression oh no it's it's like i said multifaceted right so yeah. So it can be both. It can absolutely be both. It can be the person who's lost interest in things. It can be, you know, the person who's suddenly got insomnia and suddenly, you know, they're 50 years old. And because there are so many different causes, it, you know, like it can be, you know, like a brain injury, like I said, it, it, it can pop up in different forms in different times of your life. One thing, and I feel like this is important to point out, it's not grief. Grief is something different. And so when we lose a loved one, we have to go through grief. Grief is temporary. In a way, it's healthy. Depression is something that we don't come out of. Grief, we eventually, you know, well, you know, we can always, of course, be, be sad when certain memories pop up. But grief is something that we have to experience. And a lot of the time, if people go through, a, a, you know, they lose somebody and they're, they're on a drug and they're not feeling those feelings or they're avoiding feeling those feelings. Yes. They eventually catch up. You have to feel the grief and it's something, it's a, it's a hurdle you or a mountain you eventually have to climb. Um, but that's not depression. So what about yourself then? How, how did you feel? I mean, or how can you manage your depression? Well, at the time I wasn't managing it well. So this is, you know, like I said, I was 18 years old and it took, I, I failed out of college and because it, it was just too much for me. I was having panic attacks in class and I was, I remember relatively early on looking for like quote unquote cures or like signs where I can kind of put, put a bookend on that, that era of my life. And the thing is, I was looking for, for these two weeks afterwards, after my best friend was killed when I plummeted. And it took years. It took years and years. And it, it was a, um, there was no one single thing. This was brick by brick. And I mean it, brick by brick, building back up this, this kind of, um, you know, back to life, really. And it was which is another reason why I wrote this book is because I, you know, after it, you know, the, the subtitle, you know, I talk about it's, it's, it's experiences from a guy, from a guy who has lived it. And um, it's not a real academic book, right? It's, it's, it's from, you know, my, my voice. And um, you know, the goal really is I, I, I want people to read it to, I want to shorten this, this whole, I don't want people to take 10 years to, to figure it out, right? If they're depressed, I want to present this book and be like, hey, look, if we can get a lot of these in motion, we can improve the, improve the quality of your life in a much shorter amount of time. Did friends or family, did they notice a change in your behavior or moods? Yes, yes. And it's funny, even, even before my best, my best friend was killed, I, uh, I had like uh, karate teachers noticing behavior things like just, and I didn't know I was putting off that vibe and that's the best way I can put it. Cause I wasn't like acting out. I wasn't like yelling at anyone. I wasn't being a jerk. It was just this, this vibe that I was, that, that I, I guess I was giving off. Uh, one person told me that it just seemed like there was this black cloud over me a lot of the time, which was, you know, 
it felt accurate. That's the vibe. Uh, so yeah, people were noticing, but also, you know, keep in mind, uh, if I'm 20 years old and, and most of the people you're hanging out with are 20 years old, you know, they're not going to be calling you out too much. They're going to be so wrapped up in their own stuff. Yeah. You know, it, 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 I, I understand we're legally adults, but I think developmentally we're far from it at 20 years old, you know. What then, Zach, can you recommend uh, for somebody who is experiencing uh, depression? How how can you ask for help? Okay, so I should note that I joke that the book was written as far as sales. It was probably written for the worst audience. I probably just <laughs> shot myself in the foot with this one because uh, nobody, I mean, very few people who are depressed are going to be seeking out this book and buying it, right? So in a way, it was written as a, to be a gift. It's the kind of thing I wanted to be... Um, laying on someone's bedstand, given to somebody and, and laid on their bedstand, you know, next, next to their bed. So they could, they could read this over, you know, when they're ready. Um, now I, I did keep it as concise as possible because the last thing I know I wanted to do when I was deeply depressed was go through 350 pages of a book to find, you know, a, a couple good ideas. So I kept it as tight, tight, tight as possible and chock full of information as possible. Um, so aside from, you know, what I would argue is, you know, really great media, which is what I feel like I created, you know, I'll stand by the book, you know, I can be, I'm an imperfect human, just like anyone else, but I feel like the book is a really a strong thing and I'll stand by it. Um, and, and, it, you know, of course it gives plenty of, uh, things people can do, but as far as the first steps, okay, I'll tell you this, some of my first steps were um, some of my first steps were just like the absolute worst things I could do. Uh, I I remember thinking, okay, if I can get through an episode of the of the news, right? Then like that's that's how like far down it was. It was like if I can get through an episode of the news, <laughs> like a full right. thirty minutes, then you know I'll be building a block, right? So I was like, yeah, smart people watch the news and informed people watch the news, which is probably the worst thing I could do, right? Because because yeah. it's just nothing but horrible things going on. Um, so that's what not to do, right? You asked, <laughs> you asked what can they do? And, and it's tough because, uh, you know, like I said, it's different for everyone. And, um, um, yeah, I, I think getting that, getting that mindset is a real tough thing to wrap your head around when you're in that situation. Um, Believe it or not, one of the best things I did was just start working out. I was lucky enough to, to get around um, a few people who are real positive influences in my life. And I just started working out. And that, that I think, was the, the first little spark because it was something that I could see. It was something I could control. And I could say, oh, I gained this much muscle. Like, I'm, I'm actually changing my life. And it was something I could see. So um, if you know, if they're able, that's one of, that's a really great place to start. It's just like your physical structure. You mentioned there regarding you know, the news. Do you think with social media and society in general that we're putting too much pressure on ourselves? Like with our careers, we want to have the best of everything. We see people on, I'm not going to mention the social media platform. We'll just say FB and the other <laughs> one. And I understand it's, it's one of these 
it's, you know, it's kind of a necessary evil at the moment because if people want to promote themselves or promote their business, they it, it's a good source of social media to have, especially for, for a global audience. But as an individual, do you think we're kind of, kind of setting ourselves up because we're comparing ourselves to other people's lives when it's not Absolutely. really realistic, if that makes sense? Absolutely. Nobody posts a bad picture of themselves. And nobody, you know, posts the thing about, oh, man, it took me, you know, five hours to get this page correct in my book that I just wrote. Like, nobody posts that stuff. They're only posting, like, the tips of the iceberg. They're only posting, like, all these highlights or, like, they don't talk about their kids kicking and screaming on the way to Disney World. They just post the pictures <laughs> of themselves at Disney World, you know? So you're only seeing these, like, these, like, super selective points of people's lives and what they, these messages they're, they're giving across not so of course of course that's affecting us but not only that it's also the um the the focus and the um um attention spans right so yeah. it's like that that uh instant gratification right so we're also just expecting to to have these perfect lives instantly so it's kind of like this twofold thing so yeah i mean i like you said great for staying in touch great for promoting things but as far as like a, uh, you know, as far as our, our mental health, you know, seeing kids, teenagers sitting at a, at a dinner table and they're flicking through and like, uh, you know, liking Instagram photos, you know, 10 a second, you know, that's not helping anybody. No, <laughs> not at all. It's interesting you say because I, I kind of, I try to watch, when I watch certain videos or clips on whether it be TikTok or and I'm looking at the individuals and I'm saying to myself, are they missing so much that's out there? Because they're so focused on trying to get uh, somebody to like them. You, you understand what I'm trying to get at? And I wonder oh, if that pressure is really getting to them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, 100% agree with you. On top of that, it's that space, that mental space where so much is coming at them. Like they just don't have that space to just, you know, let it go and just be and, you know, wonder about things and, and even like be creative about things. Everything is geared towards impressing people and like, what's my next post? And so sugar rush almost, it feels like, yeah, I, I completely agree. So how, how would you manage that? I mean, it, for, for a person that may be suffering from depression and they are looking at, you know, social media posts of these beautiful bodies or these beautiful images and they can't you know compare to that but how how would you suggest or in your opinion could somebody manage that is it just a case of just come off it all together that might be too much considering our lifestyles yeah. um i would <laughs> i have to do this with my mom i have to tell her <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, she's, you know, scrolling through Facebook and she'll just get sucked in, right? Because of the nature of it, you know, scrolling, 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 it's endless. So, um, I'm sorry, scrolling through FB. So, uh, <laughs> been uh, here. so just in case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Now, <laughs> right. Right. So I'm not a parent yet, but you know, as you know, setting timers would have to be a good one. And, you know, we would have to do that for ourselves too. Right. Sometimes, setting yes. these just limiting as best as we can um but but we have to at, at the very least be cognizant of this right that this is affecting the way we think yeah what then i mean 
looking at what you've done in the past, I mean, uh, the, the training you've completed, as a, uh, a certified fitness nutrition specialist and a personal trainer and a brain health trainer, what can your expertise do if the listeners have to get in touch or how, how can you help? If they want to get in touch, they can always just email me. That's the best way to get me. Because funny enough, like we just said, I'm not really a social media guy. I try to stay away from it as much as possible. Um, I do use it here and there for like promotions and things like that. But I, I do stay away from it. So, yeah. So people can email me and, you know, and that's great. Um, as far as as far as helping, I mean, that's kind of why I wrote the book. I mean, the book came about when... So in a way, it came about that my first time when I when I went to grad school the first time it was for film, and people had known my past, and they knew where I was at that time, and they were looking to me for help for certain you know internal struggles they were having, and I ended up, I would have these conversations and they would forget what we talked about, so I ended up like writing out these emails to them or these documents and sending it to them, and then when COVID hit. I was getting more of the same thing. People kind of like reaching out being like, Hey, I'm not handling this well because COVID, you know, a lot of people's quirks, let's say were, were heightened. Like OCD was getting out of hand or, or whatever, even their anxiety or depression or whatever. So I was going through my emails and I was uh, like collecting all these things that I had said. And I was like, and sending them along. And I hit this point. And I was like, this is crazy. I was like, I'm just going to write a book. So that way I can just send it to all these people. You know what I mean? <laughs> point them towards the book. That's all like the, the, the best nuggets that I could possibly come up with at this moment. So yeah, so I, I do draw upon all these things that I've done. Um, one, like there, there were two really great um, um, compliments I got. One was from people who read it, who weren't depressed, who were like, hey, this is a really good book for anybody. People, even people who aren't depressed, it's just a really good book just to improve people's lives. And that was a really nice uh, compliment. I hadn't even thought about that. And the other ones came from actually um, people who are already therapists and I had been on their shows and they, and they were singing my praises as well, which and I'm not bragging about myself. Cause like I said before, I'm, I'm a human, just like everyone else. Right. Who makes. Do um, brag Zach. Everybody else is bragging these days. So go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, 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 it is important to, uh, to, you know, note that, I, you know, I'm just as imperfect as everyone, right? But, but I do stand by the book itself. Um, the work I'll stand by, yeah. So, but, it, but you know, if, if anybody, and just see if it vibes with them, if anybody wants to shoot me an email, I'll be happy to send them a chapter just to see if they dig it, you know, because maybe my voice doesn't match their vibe. That uh, does. You, you have a good voice. You have a good voice. It comes across as, as a very calm and, and, and compassionate. I want to ask, we, we've spoken there about the book. We might as well get the plug in now. So what's the book, book call, called? And I'm going to have it here, but you can you can introduce it to the uh, listeners. And where can they purchase the book? Sure. It's called The Official Depression Relief Playbook, which is not a great title. <laughs> and, <laughs> but at the time, you know, I was agonizing, agonizing. I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is it. And then as soon as I hit publish, I was like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. Right. Um, but, uh, it's, it's on Amazon. It's, that's the best way to get it. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, worldwide Amazon. Well, we recommend it. You, you, uh, you purchase it on Amazon is, is then should somebody with depression, I mean, this is going to be a stupid question because I, I know what you're going to answer, which, which is obviously the right way, but has, or is, or are people ashamed of being depressed? Or should you feel ashamed of being depressed? Well, you know, I'm going to say 
they are and they shouldn't be. Yeah. And but I I do think things are changing for the better as far as that's concerned, as far as like the way things are seen, as long as people keep talking about it, which I think they are. I mean, look, like, you know, with the internet now, I, you know, a lot of people don't keep things under their hats anymore as far as, uh, well, I mean, a lot of people do, but it's not too hard to find um, resources and things like that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people who, who are pretty open about it. So yeah, of course they shouldn't be ashamed about it, right? Because like I said, there's, there's a million different causes and they're not your fault. Um, however, it is partly your responsibility to take care of it, which sounds almost like it's not a tough love thing, but it's almost like a liberating thing. Like, yeah, man, you can, it's your responsibility and you can change things. Yeah. No shame, recognize it and, and get to work because only you're only going to benefit and, and so will everyone else around you. Well, what about then for, for the career side of it? Say, for example, you're a little bit um, concerned that your employer may frown upon the idea of, you know, staff members being depressed. Is or can organizations do anything better? Or are you aware of any organizations which are trying to keep like an open platform to those individuals that may be experiencing depression? So interesting because I did a podcast with somebody this morning in the UK and he brought this up. So far, all of the American people I've spoken with haven't brought this up. That's, that's so interesting that you guys see that. I mean, and it's totally valid, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't speak to what things are like in a big corporation because I've never worked at a big corporation. I've only worked in very small companies where everyone tended to be pretty open and things were pretty, uh, you know, we knew each other's, um, I don't want to say shortcomings, but each other's quirks and how to kind of fill in those gaps, right? Yes. Uh, and, and, and we were also in situations where it's, it's not like I had an HR department to go to, you know, uh, it, much, it was just a different situation. So I can't speak to that. I will say, don't let that be one of your barriers. If you are worried about that, find another way. But it is important to, to, to not do this uh, to do this alone, you know? Yes. Uh, can then depression, can it be misdiagnosed or mistreated in terms of... Oh, geez, yes. Yes. Me... <laughs> oh, good Lord. Okay, so I spoke with a guy yesterday who he said his good friend literally wrote a book that said, this is the only book you will ever need, the only source you will ever need to, you know, cure your depression, which is like, I, I already don't like that, that uh, whole message right there, right? Because what if somebody right. reads it, and then they say, Oh, no, I guess I have no hope, right? Yeah. Um, but the, the, like, crux of his book was, it was all about music and how music can solve, can cure depression. Yikes, right? right. Okay. <laughs> That's an interesting outlook. Okay. <laughs> right. But also wrong. <laughs> let's yes. let's all spade a spade here. That's that's just not correct. That's not no. based in fact. Yeah. So yeah, so that's a that's a scary one. There's there is a lot of misinformation out there, of course. Yeah. So even if you read my book, you know, and even though I stand by it completely, it shouldn't be your only resource. You know, you should you should be talking to um to professionals and you should be, you know, seeking out other things because um, it ever, like I said, man, and I know I'm saying that a lot, but uh, <laughs> it, 
it, it takes it takes uh, it, it takes a lot of different angles, you know, and, and everyone's a different person. So do your research and yeah, because I suppose it's, there's probably a lot of I, mean, I don't know fully, but it must be a lot of uh, rich, quick schemes out there that are telling people certain things, especially when you're low. You, you'll grab onto anything very quickly. You're right, which is you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, good point. And I, and I, I which is one of the things I, I really I don't have a whole lot of uh, patience for people who are looking for, you know, making money and like promising quick cures for something as serious as this. Yeah. Well, then, Zach, if you were to give somebody a bit of encouragement now who is struggling at this moment in time, listening to this podcast and, you know, to reach out for a bit of help, what, what would you say to them? Especially because you've been through it and you, you've come, you're coming out the other side. You don't want to get at as a positive thing. Yeah. Okay. So they need to know that they can't see it. Okay. They can't see this because they're inside the bottle. So they can't read the label. Okay. And what, one of the most important things is they are capable of, you know, 10 times more than they believe. They're capable of so much more, but they just, they literally can't see it. And I'm not speaking for everyone, but a lot of people suffering, they just can't see where the heights they can reach to. Um, I sincerely believe that anybody who's suffering in a serious way with depression can turn it around. It may take three of the steps that I mentioned in the book, the book, it may take 10. Um, but I do believe anybody can turn things around. But the thing is they have to put the work in. They have to get into gear. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you can't just read it and then expect it to all turn around. You have to put in the work. So you have to help yourself. I mean, can you then chat about then you're a black belt in karate and this is a give inspiration to some of the listeners that, you know, you, you've achieved, you know, a high grade in a very difficult sport. So what was that like starting off from the beginning to achieving the black belt? Oh, well, I was, I was in my teens then and I just loved every bit of it. I mean, that was great. And I can't think of a negative thing that came out of it. And, and it was funny, you know, I became a black belt and what they said to everyone who became a black belt was congratulations. Now you're a beginner, which was like, Oh, so like profound and so true. So yeah. I, you know, I may be a black belt in karate, but I still feel like a beginner. I'm a musician. I've, I've been playing music for 20 years. I still feel like a beginner. And I feel like that's a really healthy way to look at things uh, because you're always learning. Um, as far as, you know, and you're, you're talking about like accomplishments and that was all just great. And I, I have nothing bad to say about it, but like, as far as after that, like becoming, you know, I first became a personal trainer because I was trying and, and even, you know, up to graduating college and getting that master's degree, um, I was looking to like, like I was looking for my happiness externally and I was like, okay, well, once I'm a college graduate, then I'll be good. Once I, once I'm a personal trainer, you know, on top of being a college graduate, then I'll be happy. Once I have a master's degree, then I'll be happy. And I was looking for all these external things. You know, once I build this much muscle, whatever. Um, and then I, <laughs> I had the real epiphany. I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. I got to turn this over. I got to turn the hour around, right? I got to start focusing inward. And that's when the real, the real work started. Yeah. And, and did you, did you ever feel when you were doing the black belt or you achieved the black belt in karate, I mean, did you ever feel like giving up? No, no. That was one of those things where, 
that was like just like a and and I get what you're saying because that that would you know that the sense of wanting to give up and like that would all come I guess later in life but in my teens this was like my sanctuary and you know I would come home literally in tears some days but there was never a doubt in my mind I was like man I'm going back to it there, there's something magical about it just like there's something magical about yoga um it, there, there's not that thought never crossed my mind to give up well, well, fair play to you. Well, well done. It's a, it's an amazing achievement. Can, can I ask then, with just for for advice purposes or, or in your own opinion, if you're suffering from or an individual suffering from depression and they meet somebody and a relationship blossoms, do you inform your partner that you suffer from depression or you experience depression? I mean, is 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 this is this how it works in relationships now with regards to I, one, one of the parties suffering from depression? Well, I did um, when I had a couple of times when I first started, started dating some girls and to be honest, it turned them off and they pulled away and right. maybe it was too early. Um, honestly, that's probably what it was. It was just too early to tell them, but you, you can't, I, I don't see how you can have a healthy relationship and keep something like that. I, to yourself, you know, if you, if you're in a relationship with someone, you know, I, I don't see how you can keep that to yourself and, and, and be, and be happy, you know? Yeah. No, no, I, I think it's, I think it's, um, uh, you know, it's very brave when uh, you, you explain it and you say that, you know, you have uh, suffered from, from uh, depression or, or any, any issues in the past that usually the ones that hang around are, 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 the, are the good ones. Are the keepers? <laughs> oh, amen to that, man. I mean, that's how I met my. Uh, you know, I'm with my fiance now. Uh, yeah, she she stuck with me. Yeah. So don't get too stressed out, everybody. There's there's uh, there's there's good ones out there. There definitely is. I want to say thanks very much to uh, uh, Zach Rutledge. He has mentioned he has a wonderful book, uh, Depression Relief Playbook, and uh, we'll put all the uh, contact information for Zach in the. Uh, podcast when it becomes uh, released. So I just want to say thank you very much to uh, Zach Rogers today for joining me on the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. Thank you, Zach. No, thank you so much. It's, it's a real honor. Thank you. Thank you.